Episode 14, and they said it would never last. Actually, they didn't say it. I said it. I don't know if 14 episodes really makes for a long-standing podcast, but here we are on episode 14. In this episode, I got some ideas, some thoughts I want to share with you about this modern phenomenon, wearing a mask. No, 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 not political opinions. That's an old man's podcast, no, no. I'm simply gonna share some discoveries that I've had regarding the modern mask wearing. You've probably discovered these things too, but that's what I'm gonna talk about, for openers anyway. You probably already know about computer scams. That's something else I need to bring up. I'm gonna make sure that everybody knows what's going on with that, because those devious thieves, I hate them guys. I'm going to give you a pep talk. you got to have a pep talk. This is about calling on your friends. You're not going to want to miss that one. And finally, I'm going to make a pitch that right now, right now, this time of our lives, we may be witnessing the birth, the genesis of the greatest generation ever. That's not sarcasm. I really mean that. These youngsters that are now the Gen Zs, I'm going to make a pitch that this is possibly the future greatest generation ever. All that coming up on the Old Man's Podcast. Am I the only one that's uttered the phrase, my ears hurt? I can't believe that I am. That's kind of a new thing too, right? Did you ever complain about your ears before now? Of course, it's because we're wearing masks. And I'm not going down the political road. I'm not saying good thing or bad thing. I'm just saying, if the law says wear the mask, of course I wear the mask. I'm not a rule breaker. I have to follow the rules. So if I'm in an area where I'm supposed to wear a mask, I'm going to wear one. If I'm in an area where I don't have to wear a mask, I'm not going to tell you what I do. You decide for yourself what you want to do. But rules are rules. And anyway, it doesn't really matter what I think. It's what the people in charge, what the authorities tell me to do. So I follow the rules. My ears hurt, and it's not because the mask folds my ears over. I mean, I'm a wrestler, right? So my ears are beat to hell anyway. They've been beat up a lot worse than some silly mask's gonna get it. I mean, they didn't wear headgear as much as they should have. I should have worn it more. But anyway, that's not why my ears hurt. It's not the folding of the ears. It's the rubbing raw from the string that goes and catches mostly the top of my ears. Have you noticed that too? That your ears are getting rubbed? You get a little spot there that gets rubbed like a callus. I think ears are gonna, my ears are ugly anyway, but yours might not be. Calluses on your ears, it's not gonna be real pretty. Now, I saw a life hack. 
where you use a paper clip and you kind of fold it out each way, kind of like a butterfly fold. You can take and put one end of the butterfly out paper clip on one string, put the other string through the other side, and it keeps the pressure off your ears. They even sell those clips that you can buy. There's a whole cottage industry and mask wearing and mask and mask wearing aids, like these clips that hold the strings together. So it's like an eyeglass strap, really, that goes across the back of your head. And that's great, it takes pressure off your ears, but don't do squat for the rubbing raw. I'm getting a callus on my ears. Now, that's one thing, but the worst thing, and I alluded to this in an earlier episode, I can't hear people. I can't hear anything anyway. And I've come to the realization that I am hard of hearing. I probably always was, but I could tell many times, I think, what a person was saying because I could see their lips. I could kind of read their lips. I'm not a lip reader, but it helped me figure out what the words they were saying. Well, I don't get to do that anymore, and it's making my life not really good. For example, this is my biggest pet peeve. Wearing a mask for the person behind the counter when you're ordering, like from a counter. So I went to Freddy's the other day, and I was going to order something. I don't go very often, but when I do go, I got some things I like to order there. I'm wearing a mask. The kid on the other side is wearing a mask. And I say the other side because there's this big piece of plastic between us. It's about a half inch thick. There is no chance I'm going to hear what this kid said. I don't even know if he can hear what I'm saying. You got that plastic shield. It's impossible to communicate verbally. I call my order the mystery order. I tell the guy what I want, and he says something back, and I get about, I don't know, 30% of it. It's like listen to Charlie Brown's teacher. I ask for an um, uh, Oreo shake or a burger and fries, and I get wah, wah, wah back. I don't even know if this guy hears me, but I have to assume he does. I sure can't hear him. Well, judging by what I got, he couldn't hear me. It's a mystery. I'm not sure what he served up. I didn't even ask for some of that stuff. So I figured this out. The next time I went, I took a notebook with me and a marker, and I wrote down on a sheet of paper what it was that I wanted. Then I held the paper up and pressed it against the plastic like one of us is in prison and the other one's a sweetheart visiting so he could see what it is I wanted to order. Now, he said something after that. I don't know if he was laughing or smiling because he's wearing a mask. But this time, I did get what I ordered. So, I appreciate that. That's a trick that I learned. I don't know, maybe you can actually hear, so you don't need this trick. You know, I want to think about it. Take a piece of paper with you and uh, write down what you want and hold it up for everybody to see. I think pretty soon I'll be walking around with like a whiteboard and a whiteboard marker you know you like the coach draws up plays on and just to tell people what I think and maybe that's not a good thing though well that's what I'm going to do give it a try maybe you're a loyal listener or perhaps this is your first time listening to the old man's podcast either way How about doing the world a favor and keeping one less grumpy old man in the world? How can you do that? Well, by simply making a happy old man out of me. You can do that by helping out with this podcast. Please pass this on to everybody you know. If you're listening on an app, please go back, subscribe to the podcast, and do a quick review or rating of the podcast. 
the Old Man's Podcast. It's not just for old men, it's for everyone. We all know about the generation that's ahead of the boomers. That was the generation that made it through the Great Depression and World War II. They've been called the greatest generation. And that's probably a good name because going through a depression called the Great Depression, not the okay depression, not just the depression, this is the Great Depression and World War II. That sounds pretty intimidating itself, doesn't it? So there's two really hard to get through things that they made it through. It's pretty impressive, right? But I wanna make a pitch that we may be seeing the development, the genesis, the birth of the next great generation, greater than that generation that was the greatest generation. Stay with me as I talk about it. Of course, the generation I'm referring to is called Gen Z. And they are ranging right now between the ages of five and let's just say 25. So about that time frame there. They're young kids. And I'm sticking my neck out a little bit to say this because they haven't really had the opportunity to do anything. They haven't had to do anything yet. So to say that we may be seeing the greatest generation that the world has ever known, I'm going that far. Let me tell you why I think so. One, there's this global pandemic. Now, I don't know if we've screwed this whole thing up. I don't know if this is all real, all fake, halfway in between. I'm not going to get into that. But I do know the impact it's had on their lives, and it's been dismal. This has just been a, a disaster for kids. College-age kids, high school-age kids, and upper elementary-age kids that should be enjoying things that you and I all enjoyed growing up. You remember what it was like to be in middle school and how much carefree fun you had. And then there was high school. My God, I can't believe I made it through that. And of course, college. And there's another question. How did I make it through that? We had all kinds of fun. And we grew. And our experiences at those ages made us who we are. And that's what it's going to do for these guys too. This young Gen Z. What they're going through is going to make them who they are. Their life sucks right now. I say that all the time. My life, my life, all of our lives suck. Well, we don't get to have fun anymore. Look, I, I'm 61 years old. I don't have a whole lot of life to be thrown away. The last six months, right down the toilet. I'm not having fun. I'm supposed to be having fun. That's just me. Of course, younger kids, they've got more life, but they've got those significant life events that are going on now. Those kids that graduated last year from high school, no prom. No prom. No graduation. College kids, no graduation. I think college graduation is overblown. You just hand me my diploma and away I go. Probably high school too, but it's a significant life event. They didn't get that. That's just a shame. This pandemic is something that's really going to be serious and shaping what Gen Z turns out to be. Secondly, we are still involved in this country's longest conflict ever. Ever in our history of the United States, we are in the longest war we have ever been in. It's called the War on Terror, and it started in 2001. Remember 9-11? For most of their lives, these Gen Zers have been aware of 
a, a war, that their country's been in a war their entire lives, pretty much. We've seen in the probably the last five years really significant changes in our society. I was talking to a friend the other day about how um, I got to pick up Danny Kay at the airport. You're going to get that story one day. I'm not going to tell it today, but I got to be uh, part of a group picking up famous comedian actor Danny Kay at the airport back in probably 1977. And I remember standing at the tunnel where the plane, you know, where the people disembarked from the plane and they'd walk down the tunnel and me and uh, some other kids from local schools were standing there waiting for Danny Kay. You didn't go through security. The airport wasn't in lockdown. These kids today, that's symbolic of their entire lives. Everything's in lockdown. Not just airports. Everything's in lockdown. There's schools in lockdown. School shootings. They practice what to do when there's a shooter, when there's a gunman in their school. They practice how to deal with that. That's frightening, isn't it? And I'm going to point to one more thing that I think makes Gen Z potentially the greatest generation ever. Technology. The technological advances that we're seeing now as their kids and becoming young people are advancing at a dizzying pace. It's incredible how fast technological developments are happening. Social media, which is a technological advance, is absolutely changing our society. As much as anything has ever changed the American society, social media is doing that. What's the next thing? I don't, I don't know. But these technological advances happening ridiculously fast. So that these things happen is not why I'm saying this is going to be the greatest generation ever. Not that they happened. It's what happens next. It's what occurs in the decades to follow. Where do they go from here? Or where do we go from here under their leadership? The greatest generation, as they're known, have handed it off to the boomers. The boomers all were pretty much headed to retirement. We're handing down to Gen X. Gen X is next to hand it down to the millennials, Gen Y and the millennials are gonna hand it to their children, Gen Z. What is gonna happen when that occurs? Well, I won't know. I'm just gonna state the obvious here. I won't be around. So when it happens, or when we get there, you can either say, yeah, I remember that guy, he was stupid. Or you can say, yeah, I remember who predicted it. I heard it first on the old man's podcast. So where do we go from here under their leadership? That's the million dollar question. Now, I want to point out my background, of course, is coaching. And as a coach, my philosophy to my boys was to make them tough. I made everything tough on them because I wanted to get them ready to compete. And competition is tough. And I felt like if my boys were tougher in the competition, that that gave us a leg up. And time after time after time, it did. Now, toughnesses, yeah, there's some physical aspects to it, but toughness is mostly mental. It's in between the years. I could go on for a long time naming examples of all the guys who were so mentally tough, they were able to defeat an opponent who was more skilled and more athletic. But my boys were more mentally tough. And I know some of you guys are listening right now, and you know how we got there. 
We got there from White Flag Day. And we got there from intensity practices and things like that. We worked on it and it was something that was intentional to mental toughness. Now it can happen accidentally. And I think that might be what's happening with the Gen Z's right now. You see, life is really just a competition. So as a coach, I wanted to get my boys ready for competition, so I intentionally made it tough on them. Wouldn't you agree that life really is just a competition? Aren't we all in our society a team that is engaged in this game of life and that we compete together against what life throws at us? That's the competition. So I always taught my athletes that mantra that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And they learned the hard lessons and, and they came to believe that, that yeah, what doesn't kill me or hurt me, I wasn't gonna kill anybody, but what I can get through when times are tough will make me stronger. And that's where I'm coming up with Gen Z, maybe the greatest generation ever, or at least they have the potential to be. Well, the times in the last 20 years for these millennials, but mostly the Gen Zs, have been tough enough. And the question is, will they rise to the occasion? So I listed some things that I thought would be signs that you guys should look for. Now, I don't say me because, let's be honest, I'm not gonna be around that long, and if I am, I'm sitting in a pool of my own drool, pooping in my pants. So I wouldn't know it, and you could tell me, and I'll just nod my head. But you, many of you listening to this anyway, may still have your senses many years from now when Gen Z's in charge. So what should you look for for signs to indicate that this is actually the greatest generation ever? And I think our conversations that we've had with all the generations, but the boomers, and we get the boomers in soon. I'm not in a big hurry due to boomers. I'm a boomer. We don't need to be in a big hurry. Let's face it, we're retired. Our time is done. It's these other generations that are shaping the world now. And I think through those conversations, I found some things that seem to indicate what some of those signs might be that Gen Z really is the greatest generation ever. Making the world a better place seems to be very important. Our millennials and our Gen Zs both emphasized that point, that they wanted to leave the world better than how they found it. I know every generation wants to do that, but I think the definition of a better place has been altered, has changed with the young generations, the millennials and the Gen Zs. Both of those generations pointed to tolerance as evidence of making the world a better place. If you ask older generations, how did you make the world a better place? We did it by eradicating communism. We brought down the Iron Curtain you know, real aggressive, real powerful moves. The younger generations, they're not thinking about that. They're, they're, they don't wanna go out and win a war or fight a battle. They don't have to, that's a great thing for them. We took care of that for them, I, I'd like to think that. But their interest lies in more uh, emotional things. Their interest lies in more personal things, things like making the world a more tolerant place. I believe a second indicator would be things that this generation does that helps advance society. And, and not just advances in military technology, or just not just pure advances, but advances that help society, that are helpful. 
Now, social media, that's a digital engagement among society. Social media was originally put in place to help people. Now, maybe it's gone off the rails, depends who you ask, depends where you want to look. Yeah, it's gotten a little crazy, but that was always going to be something that would make our lives better. I think the generations, these young generations, the millennials and the Gen Zs, they think bigger than the rest of us did. They, they think about their technological advances helping globally billions of people, making their lives easier, helping people that are underserved in any kind of definition that you want to use for that. They think big, and they don't think big in power. They think big in terms of helping. They think big in terms of humanity. I feel like the willingness to take on tough opponents was something that I always wanted to push with my boys. My boys answered the call. We had the toughest schedule we could get. We never shied away from competition. We came head on, attacked the competition. And that's what made my guys tough. And that's why we had success at the end. I think that's going to be the case for Gen Z as well. Gen Z shows me, and the millennials too, I'm going to lump you guys together, that you are willing to take on tough opponents. I've met a lot of kids teaching in a high school. We've had eighth graders come and visit our school. And I kind of slide this one in and, and, and ask these kids, young kids from eighth grade on through high school, the same question. I, I preface it with, man, doesn't our world suck? And they kind of look at me sideways like, well, I think they are. I can't tell because they're wearing a mask, but they think that's a strange comment for an old man to make, but it's not. It's true. Our life sucks. And I apologize to them because they're not able to have fun and they're supposed to be in the, you know, the prime of their life or enjoying all the things that life offers a teenager. And to a person, every single time, they come back with, oh, it's not that bad. Oh, we get to do this. Oh, we get to do that. They don't complain. I beg them to complain. I walk them down the complaint path trying to get them to complain, and they will not complain. They are willing to take on whatever challenges get thrown in front of them. I always had the motto, my last opponent should not be my toughest. Because if my last opponent was my toughest, my season ended in defeat. These kids nowadays seem okay with whatever opponent we put in front of them. Yes, this pandemic is one tough opponent, but these kids aren't bothered by that. They want to take that problem on. Look at the other big ones they're taking on. Social justice, racial equality. Those are really big issues to handle. And these kids are taking them on. They're not afraid. They're not afraid. They're going to take it on. And when I see a competitor, and that's what we are, we're all competitors, willing to take on any competition, I'm impressed. So Gen Z, Millennials, you guys are funny. I like to laugh at you. You do things that I think are silly, but I'm damn impressed. I really am. Are they the greatest generation ever? Honestly, I'll never know. Like I said, I won't be here. But my younger listeners, someday you will know. It'll be decades from now. If or when you get there and it comes to that conclusion that they are, you are, the greatest generation ever, 
just remember where you heard it first. All right, people, gather around. Coach has got a pep talk for you. This may have been something that just happened with my friends in the neighborhood and at the time that I grew up. You may not have any idea what I'm talking about. But I can remember as young kids, and this I'm talking about 10 years old or so, somewhere in that range, and um, we would want to go out and play with our friends. And, you know, I'm not going to get into the, you know, we used to go buy, ride our bike all day long, out riding our bike, never tell our parents where we were, the street light came on, we went home, all that kind of stuff. You already know all about that. But when we would go to our friends' houses, so we had a kid down the street, Richie, uh, you know, Mike would come over, hey, you want to go play with Richie? Yeah, yeah, let's go get Richie, we'll play some baseball or something. So we would go, and we would, you, know, you wouldn't call it. There wasn't a cell phone, so you couldn't text him, hey, I'm coming over, you want to play, you want to do something. We didn't do that. And that didn't even bother to call his house. I mean, we had phones, right? Not pre prehistoric times. So there were telephones, but we didn't use them to call him and see if he wanted to go. Well, we'd just go down to his house. So we'd walk down the street, a couple streets over. But we would knock on the door, and I have no idea why. But we would stand, in this case, the front porch. But some of our friends would stand on the back porch because the back of the house is more accessible than the front. And we would stand there, and however many of us there were, wouldn't just it could be one person getting the, the first guy to go out and do whatever it is we're going to do. Or, he could have been the fourth or fifth or sixth guy in the string. We just worked through the neighborhood picking up friends. But we'd stand on the porch and we'd all go, Oh, Richie. Just like that. Like if that was his name. If it was Mike. Oh, Mike. You know, come out. That's what it meant. We would just stand out there and go, and go oh, and call his name. And I remember doing that quite a bit during the summers, especially when you didn't have school. And that's how you get your friends. First two guys would start and work your way through the neighborhood and pick up as many guys as you could. Never knocking on the door. Just like standing out on the porch, yelling his name. And he would come out and what I need, need your ball glove, need your bat, need your bike, whatever it is you need. And off he went. It was a different time, okay? But the point is, we used to hail our friends. We used to call on our friends to come out and play come out and do things with us. When did that stop? When did we stop doing that? You know, when we were kids, I guess, we were eager to see our friends. And we still are, but life has worn us down and we're tired. We're just tired as well. Life gets in the way and if it's the choice between uh, going down to my friend's house or even just picking up the phone and calling them, maybe even texting them, I'm better off with a bag of Cheetos between my knees watching ESPN or something. It just seems so much easier. And I think we're messing up on that. I think we're missing out. Now, I've talked frequently to you about not having regrets, and that is the truth. The things that we have done or have not done are done. We can't go back and change time. It kicks our butt every time. That's the one thing that we can't keep up with. That life just keeps speeding by us. And then we look back, and that's where the regrets come from, from the things that we didn't do. Maybe the things that you did do, but probably most often it's the things that you didn't do. I believe one of the things that we might regret the most is losing those relationships with our friends that we once had. 
and life just doesn't let you do that. You get your own family, you get your own job and career going, and your friends are from where you work and the people that you're closely associated with, maybe your neighborhood. And of course, you got your family to take care of. Something's got to give, right? And what gives are those friends that you once had. Tell me if you couldn't go back in time and play with your friends again like you used to, you wouldn't do that. I mean, I don't want to be 12 again. It was hard. And I certainly don't want to start all over at 12 and go through what we had to go through. But man, didn't you have some fun with your friends doing all the things that you did? They were personal visits. They weren't telephone calls. They were personal visits. And I think that's something we might miss. Have you thought about the possibility of sharing a personal visit with an old friend? Now, I'm going to go morbid for a second here. I'm encouraging you to do this before that visit for one of you, maybe even both, involves a hospital. That's not what you want. You want to get with your friends now while you're healthy, while they're healthy. You can do the things that you want to do. No, you can't go out and ride your bikes. Well, maybe you can. But you can't do things the way you once did. But you can do the things that you did once. I know I just stole from a country western song, but damn, that's a good one. Anyway, get with your old friends. It's, it's a way to kind of go back in time. A couple of my friends and I used to call it a big night out. So I'd call them up and say, let's have a big night out. And that's when we were in our 20s and 30s and we could do a big night out. We're in our 60s and a big night out means staying up longer than Wheel of Fortune's on, something like that. But I did get with Dale and Dennis last year, uh, our families did, and we all went to a um, Christmas display at Anheuser-Busch and all of our families, all three of our families together and our kids and, and, and all that, and it was great. It was fun. I hadn't had a chance to hang out with them for a while, and we caught up, and within a matter of maybe 15, 20 minutes, it was like good old times. You're hacking on each other and making fun of each other. It's, it's like you're 17 again. I think that's probably one of the real advantages to reconnecting with friends from, from your youth is that your soul is better than sitting on the couch with a bag of Cheetos between your knees watching ESPN. You, it goes back in time. It's good for you. It enriches your, your heart. Your, your soul is enriched. And that's why I'm encouraging very much to get out there, get a hold of your friends, first connect with them, maybe superficially by telephone or text, but keep going, keep digging and get there to where you get together for that big night out or just a simple dinner, but you do something together. Give it a shot, guys. Get out there, see your old friends, try to relive some of your history. I think it's gonna be good for you. And I know what some of you are thinking, Sammy and others, no, I don't necessarily mean get with your friends socially right now at this particular time due to the pandemic. Of course, I am encouraging future events. Start rebuilding those relationships now. Make your contacts uh, remotely, virtually even. And once we get cleared, which God, it's gotta be soon, right? Gotta be soon. Once we start getting cleared, then you can make safe decisions to do things with your old friends. Of course, you need to do it smart, but this is something we really need to do.
Okay, so somebody I know that doesn't want me to use her name has um, not fallen victim. She has not done that. But she's preyed upon more than anybody else I know of by these evil computer scammers. This is the most vile form of criminal. They prey on the old people. They want to remotely access your computer. So what they're gonna do is call you on the phone, tell you they're with Apple or IBM, some official sounding technology firm, and that you got a virus or you need an update. And they're calling to help you do that. And like I said, it's a real vile form of criminal who preys on the old. I had a friend that um, I worked with a few years back. He was about my age at the time in the 50s and his mother fell victim to this. Now she was probably in her 80s at the time, but she had a computer. Uh, somebody called her from somewhere and told her that she had a virus, uh, got her to open up her computer, go to whatever, how, whatever it is that they do, they did. They got into her computer, stole all of her information, got all of her passwords, and were able to drain her bank account because she did on online banking, which is, should be impressive, right? For an 80-year-old woman, you're doing online banking, you should be doing pretty good. Well, no, you're potential prey for criminals like this. And it went that way. It just completely drained her bank account, and there was no recourse for him. Like one of the saddest things I've ever heard of. If you haven't experienced this, well, you will someday. Somebody's going to call you, and they're going to tell you that you got a virus or whatever in your computer. They're going to want you to open it, and then they're going to do some kind of sharing thing with you. They're going to help you out. And what they're really going to be doing is stealing everything you got on your computer, your information, and it's going to be a disaster if you let this happen, so don't. Okay, here's your first basic assumption. If somebody calls you and says they're from the IRS, same thing. Somebody calls you and says they're from Social Security, same thing. Somebody calls you and tells, them, tells you they're from Apple or some other computer company, your basic assumption is those entities don't call people. You know, the IRS sends letters. And if it's really, really important, they're gonna send it registered mail. The Social Security office, they send letters. Those people don't call you. Now you call them, but they don't call you. And computer companies pretty much don't do that either. So your first assumption is always, if somebody's calling you from the IRS, from Social Security, from any kind of technology, heck, if anybody's calling you don't know who they are, they're full of crap. If you just make that your foundation belief, you're gonna be safe. Now, when legit companies call you, they're always gonna start with this, with their name and they're gonna have a reference number. So it's gonna say, hi, I'm Jimmy, and this is number, call number, whatever. And they'll give you a number. Hey, write it down too, it doesn't hurt. You can always go back to that. So if you don't get that, then you probably got a hacker or a scammer. Now it won't take these guys long till they make up a name and just give you bogus numbers like, like they really mean something so that they appear to be legit. But for sure, if you're not getting a name and a call reference number, then this is a scam. Absolutely 100%. Never give your info to somebody that called you. No info. Don't tell them anything. 
don't even acknowledge who you are. I think a lot of times at that point, and I say a lot of times because my wife has been, oh, I wasn't supposed to tell you about her. I wasn't supposed to name names. Uh, well, cat's out of bed. Anyway, she gets those calls all the time and she can't shake them. They won't get off. Even though she goes that route, hey, I need to talk to your boss. I need to talk to the supervisor. I don't understand what you're saying. They just stay with her. They just keep hammering. That's got to make you feel uncomfortable, right? You know something's happening. Tell the person that you're talking to that something's come up. Make, make up an excuse and you want to call them back. What's a good number that I can call you back at? They won't let you go. They won't give you that number. They're going to tell you they're going to call you back. That's another indication that you have a scammer. So don't give anybody any information. If they don't give you a name or a reference number for that call, those are two indicators. Ask for a supervisor. If they don't produce one, they can't produce a supervisor. That's a third sign that you got a scammer. And then a fourth technique is to tell them, hey, I got to call you back. What's a good number to call you? And if you can't get a number from them right away, that's a hack. They're a scammer. Don't ask them what they're doing because they're ready for that. They've got a script that they read. These are generally limited English speakers, but they have this script and somebody's taught them what to say, what the spiel is. They, they may not even know what they're saying, but they know how to say it. And they're just going to keep coming back to that and they're going to keep telling you why they're calling and what the problem is and what you need to do is start your computer and go to this website, blah, blah, blah. So good people, I don't want you to fall for this. You need to be suspicious of every phone call you get. No, isn't that terrible? That's a sad, sad world we live in. Young people, talk to your parents and grandparents about this and make sure they don't fall for it. There's an entire industry built on identity protection because this is a common, common crime. Don't fall for it. Be very, very cautious anytime somebody calls you. These are the most evil, the most vile and despicable people on the planet. They are taking advantage of old people and that is just something I cannot tolerate. Guys, don't fall for it. Be very, very careful when people call you. Listeners of the Old Man's Podcast know what that sound means. It's time to go. Thank you for joining me on the 14th episode of the Old Man's Podcast. If you're using a podcast delivery app, I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to this podcast. And also, if you could do a quick review or a rating, that would help as well. I guess what that ends up doing is pushing the podcast to people that are looking for podcasts that are entertaining. And come on, let's be honest. Don't you want to help folks out? Can you imagine the joy they would finally feel when they saw that they found the perfect podcast, the old man's podcast, and your ratings and your reviews help make all that happen? Everybody needs an entertaining, informative, and life-enriching podcast like the old man's podcast. Let's not keep it a secret, folks pass it around. Tell all your friends, hey, here's the best part. Tell your enemies if you got them. If you don't, then just start telling people. Tell everybody. The Old Man's Podcast. 
It's where the action is. Thanks for being here. Get off my grass! Damn kids.